towards Spencer Street, there, at the time, now I'm showing my age, the Krispy Kreme shop opened up. It was like the first Krispy Kreme shop in Melbourne. This is how long ago. Do you know what? I did U-turns upon U-turns. I did hook turns before hook turns were allowed. I did everything that I could to find a parking spot to get fresh Krispy Kremes to bring home. Didn't matter what appointment I had, right? Seriously, I just wanted these freaking Krispy Kremes. Like I was going to kill someone. I would double pay. I just wanted Krispy Kremes. Now, some of you are saying you're insane. None of us have ever done that. No, none, no one's ever run at the airport to get Krispy Kremes and they, they're already running late for their flight. No one's ever done that, have they? Right? Like we all do it. Like I just, I'm suggesting that we all do it. But does anyone know what actually goes into making a Krispy Kreme donut? No. Oh, it's all good. It's all healthy. But first, after they make the dough, it's almost like, you know, the KFC's secret herbs and spices. After they make their secret dough, you know, they, they actually, what they do with these balls of dough is they, they shoot through the dough air, piercing air. That's how they get the circle. So it's not, they don't cut it out. They actually pierce it with air, like high-pressure air, like gone, done. Then, then they take these special little things, right, out of that special machine into another special machine. They go into a proof, a proof box, totally sealed proof box, where they ride up and down a type of elevator that changes heat and humidity, and that's how they become, that's how they rise, but that's how they become so fluffy and light, right? So beautiful, so delicate. I really should have had a box as an example, shouldn't I? <laughs> now, after that, then, then when you think, you know, these guys have already had enough. They've been shot with air, they've been up and down, heat, humidity, sweating. Like, then they get dropped into boiling oil, like flat-out boiling oil that if the donut was alive, all you would hear is, ah! That's, it would be worse than prawns in a pot, Yeah. And after all of that, then they get passed around this cascading waterfall of icing. <laughs> Sounds beautiful, doesn't it? But the pain, the pain that the Krispy Kreme donut goes through to become as, as special and as delicate and as lovely as it is. I want to suggest, let's draw a really long bow here, right? That sometimes we can feel like Krispy Kreme donuts. <laughs> you just have to go with me here. Because life throws something at us like a strong burst of wind, knocks the wind out of our sails, but for us it actually leaves a little bit of a hole inside. Yeah? And then if you've ever felt like that, then you've got, and as you get older, you start to realise and you can connect we have these ups and downs, these ebbs and flows of life going through hot days and cold days, humidity and not humidity. Now, this is all supposed to make us rise to the occasion <laughs> and make us fluffy, not fun. Actually, Fluffy in Glaciers is a really good comedian, but that's another story. And then it gets worse because then it gets dropped into the boiling hot fire and I think sometimes in life that's what it can feel like. It could be relationships, it could be finances, it could be work, business, school, whatever it might be, you know. Deep fried, boiled, done. 
I reckon there's a couple of us here that have probably felt like that you know, in our past as well. But here's the thing that we have to acknowledge and understand that everything that that wonderful donut experiences, all of that pain, really, is so it can come out to something that can be created is totally lovely and sweet. Now, I said before, five seconds ago, the Krispy Kreme donut doesn't want to go through that pain. If it was alive, it would be running. You'd see a donut with legs, arms, little eyes, and it'd be running. Yeah, half done, half finished. No, not there, not the oil, no, no, no. Like it wouldn't, no, there's no way it would go through that. And I, I reckon that none of us like going through any of the hardships that we go through in life. And I would imagine that every one of us here has a story. And just when you think your story is the worst, the person beside you, behind you, in front of you, across the road, has got a story just as tragic and even more so. Yeah. None of us like going through them, but without them, we'll actually never, ever enjoy the sweetness of maturity. Yeah. Without them, see, we go through these lives life's trials, these struggles, you and I have to acknowledge that these experiences are, are to create within us something lovely and something sweet. Yeah. Billy Graham, everyone knows Billy Graham, said, mountaintops are for views and inspiration, but fruit is grown in the valleys. Fruit is grown in the valleys. So have you ever felt that way? Most of us have. Almost all of us have had days of anxiety and days of stress. For those of us that have got children, lots of days of anxiety, lots of days of stress. Those of us that have got wives, more days of anxiety. No, no, I mean partners. What I meant to say was partners, sorry. Like more anxiety, more stress. Don't laugh, I know that means I'm in trouble. <laughs> the truth is we probably need to learn, all of us, we need to learn how to deal with them when they come because they do come and as I read the scriptures there's no instant formula for spiritual maturity there's just not there's nothing that's instant there's no instant gratification here a lot of people are looking for this instant formula they just want to have an experience they just want to say a prayer pray for me I'm sick I'm still sick you're not going to get healed all the time you know why I don't know but when I when I get with the father I'll ask him I'm curious too you know, <laughs> they want this instant formula for maturity to take away pain when life throws it our way. But growth and maturity, they actually come through stress and strain and struggles as we actually endeavour or as we try to live a Christian life. That's how they come. You know, there's a, a story, I don't know it very well, so I'll share it as I've written it, but there's a, a, a guy by the name of Thomas Hobbes, this was in uh, the US, and he was of the University of Washington, and he, along with some other sociologists, actually published their research paper on human stress, yeah? They listed a whole bunch of common experiences of life, then they evaluated their impact on our mental health, our emotional well-being, and then they rated them according to the stress they produced in people's lives, that's how they rated them. The, the stress rating, they actually called that life change units, LCUs. Sounds like a bar, doesn't it, at the supermarket? Give me a packet of LCUs for the kids in their lunchbox. They're LCMs, aren't they? I knew, I knew it was close. Right? 
So you've got these stress ratings, the LCUs. Now get this. They said going through a divorce was rated at 73 life change units, LCUs. Being pregnant was rated at 40 life change units. Renovating your home, 25 life change units. I reckon that should be higher, just quietly. I think that should be higher than divorce, renovating your home. The stress of Christmas is obviously incorrect. 13 life change units. Christmas is not stressful until you're hosting it at your house. And then there's no stress that compares to hosting it at your house. People expecting food that's supposed to feel like it comes out of Carboni's, you know, some restaurant. But all these life change units and their list just went on and on and on and on, all of, fulfilled with life stresses. But when, when we learn, get, for you and I, if, if we learn of a friend, maybe our own age, who's dying, who has cancer, something like that. Or when we go to a doctor and he tells us that we've got a terminal illness or, or we discover something that we, were, we, we didn't know or something that I've seen something in your x-ray that's questionable. What does that mean? I don't know. We, our LCUs, our life change units, these, this stress rating goes through the roof. It just does naturally. You know, or when our children grow up and they move, no, mine goes down when they move out. Anyway, for, for mums, when their children grow up and they're moving out of the house, their LCUs, their life changing, their stress goes up. You change jobs, we retire, lose jobs, all that sort of stuff. Kid goes to a new school, doesn't have friends. Everything has these life change units. We're constantly being bombarded by stress, constantly, life change units. And the conclusion of the researchers was that if within one year's time, if we experience a collective total of more than 300 life change units, most people wouldn't be able to handle that. Only 300, they reckon. They concluded that if we experience that many stresses, life change units, in one year's time, that most of us will either have a physical or a mental or emotional breakdown because it's not humanly possible to get through that. Humanly speaking, we just can't cope with that much change. <laughs> you think of the last two years of life yeah, for everybody and we w there, there is no need to wonder why mental health is going through the roof. Yeah. But what I did say was, humanly speaking and I emphasise the word humanly, because this is where our trust in God can make, it really can make all the difference. Yeah, because our relationship with God changes how we're able to handle the things that may happen to us in life. We can live stressed, or we can live blessed regardless. Regardless. So back to Psalm 46. There must have been a time when the writer of this psalm actually felt like he was in one of those places, some sort of pressure cooker he couldn't get out of. And so he writes the words of this psalm and it deals with, if you're asking me, the stresses of his life. Listen to verse 1. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. The Hebrew word for trouble there actually means pressed in or a tightness you know when you feel like the, your world is caving in that that that's actually what it's trying to express and do you remember the old saying between a rock and a hard place that's that 
your ever-present help in trouble, when you're between a rock and a hard place, where it feels like life is actually caving in and, and it's becoming and getting tight around you, this is what he's talking about. It's that kind of pressure that, that he's referring to. When you're between a rock and a hard place, then turn to this psalm. If you're going through something in life that's driving you insane, turn to this psalm. Whether you're a believer or not a believer, it really doesn't matter. Turn to the psalm, read the words, because there's comfort that comes out of and off the page in those words alone. It ministers to us in the most amazing way. In fact, when Martin Luther was surrounded by enemies, yeah, it says he read this psalm, and it was after reading Psalm 46 that he wrote the hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. So in, in the hymn, he saw the tremendous power of God and the words, I hate old English, the bulwark or, or, or the barricade, yeah, if, if you prefer, which is better, the fort is never failing. That's what he saw in the midst of his struggles. Regardless of what happens in the world, there's still strength and power and might in God. So Psalm 46, uh, let's, a brief overview, uh, overview as we run through it. He's broken up into basically three sections, yeah? You've got verse 1 to verse 3, and, and that deals, deals with changes in nature. The psalmist actually says, I will not fear. He's making a statement for himself here. God is my refuge and my strength, my, and even the world around me may be shaking. I will not fear. This is what he's saying. Then you go to verses 4 and 7. This is speaking of changes taking place in society. All of us have changes that take place in nature. All of us have stuff that changes that take place in society and this, the psalmist actually says regardless of what's happening I will not be moved I won't be moved even though nations are falling apart even though society is deteriorating because God is my refuge and strength I will not be moved and then he gets to these last verses 8 to 11 and it's almost as if he sits back and he looks at everything and he makes this decision because it's like he shifts gears and he says you know what I'm not going to let stress pee me off anymore. I'm not going to let stress get to me anymore. I'm going to relax. I'm going to enjoy life. You know what? I'm going to trust God and, and I'm going to trust him and I'm just going to get on with living according to his will. Like he shifts gears right there. Oh, I love that. I won't let stress ruin my life. So I will not fear. God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come. Amazing, there's earthquakes at the moment. We will not fear as the mountains crumble into the sea. Oh my goodness, global warming. Right? Let the oceans roar and foam, let the mountains tremble as the wind. It, this sounds like today. Seriously, it does. It sounds like what's happening today, like he knew before the events. Even before we were aware of everything, earthquakes, mountains, tsunamis, all that sort of stuff, he's talking about stuff that's happening in our world today. And if you think about it, during the past 30 years alone, earthquakes, tsunamis, they've increased at a phenomenal rate, haven't they? Like, I, didn't, I don't think I'd ever heard the word tsunami except in a video game when I was a kid. The tsunami was one of the brands, but that doesn't matter for most people. Just shows my age, really. Just keep talking, Andrew, about something else. Geologists today actually point to the St. Andreas Fault line, yeah? And they all say, they all say there's coming a day, they're predicting, where a large chunk, right? Large chunk of Western California is just going to fall and break into the sea. 
Listen, the fact that it was on a movie, we know it's going to happen one day. Yeah. As Christians, how should we react to all this? Like how? The psalmist says, I will not be afraid. My Lord is still in command of the winds. He's in command of the waves and the sea, all the elements of nature. Therefore, I will not fear. God is my refuge and my strength. I love the promises of God. But if we're all going to be honest and transparent, we have moments at home where we're, dang, I wish I could swear because it would make my point so easily. That bill comes. Your wife spends more money than she used. I mean, someone in your family spends more money than they should have. The kids do something. They fail a test. Someone opens a car door, leaves a mark on your car door, and they don't leave a note. The cat next door comes into your yard and you don't release the dog early enough to get it. <laughs> That's frustrating. Because I think, by the time I get up off this couch, get through the door, get to the gate, get it, let Jazz, no, gone, too late, missed the opportunity. For those that are wondering, for those that are watching at home, dogs are pets. I'm about to offend half the world. Cats are not. <laughs> now, we'll keep moving on. We'll just let those that have switched off go to another channel. <laughs> God is my refuge and strength. Then he says, verses 4 to 7, I will not be moved. A river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed. From the very break of day, God will protect it. The nations are in chaos and the kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders and the earth melts. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Here he actually pictures nations in uproar. And look, I don't know about anybody else. At the moment, the world, I love picking on the world at the moment because the world is in uproar. There is just one side, another side, this side, that side. It's all these different sides and no one can make head or tail of what's going on. And just when you think there's peace, oh, what's that? Oh, yeah, the new COVID strain. Yeah, the world is in uproar because of stuff that's happening all around it, Yeah. It's stories and happenings that leave us stressed. Stuff like we're living through at the moment that stresses us to the max, if we're to, if we're to be totally honest. Can I wear a mask? Shouldn't I wear a mask? I don't know if I can, I can't. So I, I, don't, I, re, I really, honestly, I don't mind where you sit on the scale. Yeah, I don't mind. For those that are watching at home, I'm vaccinated. Do I think the unvaccinated should have the ability to work? I actually do think that they should have the right to work. You know, there's a whole bunch of stuff. But it doesn't matter where you stand. Everybody has an opinion and everyone's opinion is right for them where they're at. So how, does, how do we as a people stand in the middle of all of that and say, I will not be moved? It doesn't matter what's going on around me. I hear what you say. I may not agree, but I understand it. And so I'm okay with it and I'll respect you. No problem. How do we stand in a place with God, with him, always, no matter the noise that's around us, and be able to say, I'm going to stay in his city. That city can't be destroyed. I'm going to be with him always. I will not be moved. I will not let what's happening around me change who I am. Yeah. 
not blessed. So many of us are not blessed living the abundant life that Father God has promised us. We've, you know, it's just we get caught up. Anyway, who remembers Elvis? There's about five people here that don't. Right? Now, for those of us who are older or who do remember, do you know what he started to do when he was looking for work? Sorry? He did write a song. But even before he wrote the song, this is going to bring great joy to our bass guitarist. He was a truck driver. And he was making a lot less than you because he was only making 14 bucks a day. Would you go to work for $14 a day? I couldn't get my 12-year-old or 13-year-old. How old are you now? I get confused. You can't buy a memory for $14 a day, I'll tell you that. Now, on a fluke, total fluke, yeah, he makes a recording that catches the ear yeah, of a promoter and the next thing you know, he's the highest paid, <laughs> totally the highest paid male entertainer in the world at that time. Yeah? Now, when he died, when Elvis died, the airlines were so packed with people trying to get to Memphis, to Tennessee. They were packed. Five tonnes of flowers yeah, were sent to his funeral. Five tons of flowers. My wife has seen in our 19 years of marriage five types of flowers <laughs> rather than five tons of flowers. But those five types have reappeared a couple of times at least. I'm not going to exaggerate that one, trust me. I'll get me into trouble. And they reckon that people lined the streets, totally lined the streets to catch a glimpse of his coffin. Here's a quote from Elvis. I would give a million dollars for one week of peace. I would give a million dollars for one week of peace. Then he writes a song. He records a song that I actually think described his life. Go with me here. All shook up. I'm all shook up. I'm all shook up. Elvis was probably thinking of that psalm. Life around me, this is just, it's all shook up. You know, our world is all shook up at the moment. Nations are in uproar. They're freaking out. Even at the moment, Germany, oh, I love this. This is such a cool stat. Not are experiencing over 30,000 new COVID infections a day. Germany. In fact, they hit a new record. Normally, records are really cool. You know, when you get, yes, new record. They got a new record, 74, just under 74,000 new COVID cases in one day. They have now hit over 100,000 deaths. Yeah? Their Prime Minister actually said a few days ago, he came out in public and said in 2022 there'll be three types of people, the vaccinated, the unvaccinated and those that are dead. Bit of a fear tactic. My point isn't, and please hear me, it's not to talk about vaccination and all that because I've had enough of it. A good friend of my, mine and I often say we talk about anything but because it's just so prevalent everywhere. But the point of all that is to say, regardless of what your thoughts are, yeah, mankind seems to be unravelling. <laughs> the world at the moment seems to be falling apart. Yeah, there was such, particularly in Australia, that mateship. Yeah, there seems to... 
that seems to be eradicated because I, I, I totally understand cutting someone off and unfriending them if they barrack for Collingwood. <laughs> but it doesn't warrant the same reaction just because they choose to be vaccinated or they choose not to be, you know? Mankind at the moment has lost the ability to be in unity. Not in unison, we're not all the same, but in uni unity where we love one another even if we disagree. You know, there was a time where you could talk politics. Now you can't. You can't talk politics. Someone might actually vote for somebody else. It's just a conversation. It doesn't matter what you think. Yeah, I, I think my mum's my lasagna is the best lasagna in the world. I don't care how good you think your mum's is. You're wrong. Yeah, my point is we can talk about that and not get offended. But there are other things where we've lost the ability to be godlike because we've allowed stress and worry and concern to take over our thoughts, yeah? We as Christians, we don't have to be like that. We don't have to get into a verbal stash. We don't have to be undone and, and worry about everything that's happening all the time. We can actually stand steadfast because God is our refuge and strength. That's the, the main part of what I'm trying to say. That just that Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? Yeah? He hasn't changed. So why are we worried? Because the stuff around us has changed. As believers, we stand strong in the faith and commitment that we have in Jesus. So I, I can only surmise that when we're freaking out, maybe our faith has taken a battery. You know, the psalmist says, I will not be filled with stress anymore. Man, who said that and then been stressed about something? <laughs> I'm not going to be stressed anymore. I'm just going to be happy. Ha happy. I'm going to be happy. <laughs> yeah? It just doesn't work, does it? I think Melanie said to me this morning while I was just preparing my message, she goes, you know, you've just, I think you've just had a go at about 17 things. I go, no, I have not. She goes, yes, you have. And now you're having another go. I am not. I'm happy, I'm cool, I'm relaxed, I'm going to church in a minute. <laughs> I will not be stressed or filled with stress anymore. He sits back, come see the glorious works of the Lord. See how he brings destruction on the world. He causes wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow, snaps the spear, burns the shields. He gets to verse 10 and he says, be still and know that I am God. I will be honoured by every nation. I will be honoured throughout the world. What the psalmist is saying is in the midst of it all, in the midst of everything, in the midst of my car crash, in the midst of my cancer diagnosis, in the midst of my failing marriage, in the midst of my finances being stolen, in the midst of whatever can be terrible in life today, in the midst of all of that, I've decided that I will no longer allow those things to dictate my life. I will no longer be filled with strength, strength, uh, stress and anxiety. Why? Because, because, because God is my refuge and my strength. My troubles are nothing. You know, I wonder if we've forgotten how to relax. I'm out of time, so I want to finish. You know, how long has it been since we've sat down with our family? <laughs> this one, I'm just going to... Precursor it with, this is going to get me into trouble. 
How long has it been since we've sat down with our family and ate a meal together and after the meal just talked, visited, had a card game, relaxed, had fun together? When was the last time? How long has it been since we took a long walk in the evening and enjoyed and watched the sunset? When, how long has it been since we just sat in a spa or a hot bath and actually read a chapter of a book? How long has it been since we've just leaned back and relaxed and listened to some good music, worship music, whatever it is? How long has it been? How long has it been since we just spent a day and, and you got away from it all, where you actually turned off your phone and you put it down, or you took off your watch so time wasn't an issue? When was the last time? How long has it been since we've done that? Since we've, when was the last time you unplugged from the matrix, you know? Someone said that three words can summarise most of how we spend our lives today. Hurrying, worrying and scurrying. Yeah? And I think it's time for us to take the psalmist to heart to be still and know that I'm God. You know, there's three great truths from this psalm. And one is God is always near and available to us. He's never on hold. He's not like a red light. He's not like a petrol station that's got a sale. He's not like the post office. It's not like going to Zambreros and seeing a line out the door. You know, you, God doesn't, you're never on hold. You go to God, he's there. He, you can access him 24-7 immediately. You know, God is always available. Be, be still and know that I'm God. This is all about waiting and resting. You know, we often talk about the still small voice. Why, when, when the world is in such disarray, why would God speak so softly in a world that needs such a huge wake-up call? Because the only time, the only time you can hear a whisper is actually when it's close enough to your ear to hear it. God, when he says that he is that still small voice, he is inviting us into a place of relationship with him. He's saying, don't do it from a distance. Don't do it in your head. Don't do it just because, you know, every couple of months. Actually step in close to me because I've got some words to share with you. I don't hear God. Then shut up. Stop talking. Get rid of the busyness. Turn off your phone. Maybe then we'll hear the still small voice of God, yeah? The whisper. The whispered message assumes that the listener, you and me, is close to the speaker, close enough to hear. He speaks in a still small voice to force us, to force us to be close enough to him. I love that. What a sneaky father. I'm going to try that at home. Instead of going, Samuel! Samuel! What? Can you take out the bid? No! That's what normally happens. Samuel. Sorry? Samuel. Samuel. What? I can't hear you. Can you take out the bin, mate? Gotcha. <laughs> I got him out of his room, out from the covers. Maybe I should try that at home. <laughs> I'll let you know. It works with the dog as well. I'll give that a try too. God's power is greater than anything in this world. And finally, God's help works even when we can't help ourselves. Why don't we stand and I'm going to pray. Have you felt weak lately? Have you felt like there are too many stresses, too many life-changing units? Feel like you're ready to explode?
then hear this. It's really simple. God's help is available. And all you have to do is reach out for it. Yeah? Let me pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for today. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your truth. I thank you for your promise. I thank you for Psalm 46. I thank you, Father, that, Lord, you're forever teaching us just to position ourselves and to remind ourselves that you are our refuge and you are our strength, that regardless of what changes around us, you are never changing. You are always the same. And if we position ourselves with you, Lord God, then we will hear your voice. We do not need to live stressed. We can live a blessed life in amongst the turmoil of life. So God, we give our moments to you. We give our trials to you. We give our tragedies to you. Father, we give our pain to you. And Lord, we ask you as we step close to speak to us that we might hear your voice, that we might know you better. Father, that we might be a light, Lord, to this world. That, Father, we might be the salt that this earth needs. God, that we would be a people that others want to be like because we have a relationship with you. So we give you all the glory and all the praise. And everybody said? Amen. 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 Now, I have no Pray idea where... Emily. Sorry? We're going to pray for Emily. Yeah, please do that. Awesome. Em, can you come up? And um, Ros and Nick, can you come and pray? And Ray and Vicky and Jenny, that would be great. Let's pray for you. How are you feeling? Father God, we thank you for beautiful moments in... Um, in our walk with you and we thank you today for Emily we thank you for this step that she's taken to say that you are real in her life and she and she knows that and she knows she needs you and Lord God as Andrew's message today just that you are always there you're an ever-present help every day and especially in times of needs we just pray your blessing on her today we pray your protection over her in this coming week as well Lord God that she would um just, just press in to you and spend that time be still and know that I'm God may she take time to do that this week as well May you bless her in an abundant way, we pray. Father God, we just pray that uh, Emily would go from strength to strength, that the presence of God would always be there, that she would feel your presence, she would know you, she would trust you, and that she would get into your word. So Lord, we just ask you to bless her in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that Emily's taken this awesome step and I thank you, Father, that your word says that as we take those steps and trust you, you order our steps. And so I pray, Father, that you truly bless her as she takes this new step with you. And what's ahead, Father, um, I just pray your rich blessing on her that you would reveal more and more to her as her heart opens to you. In Jesus' name. Dear Father, we just thank you for the newness that she's going to walk into, Lord. And we just ask you to bless her with the love, joy, and peace. Just be with her and travel with her as she, as she walks into this new creation, as she becomes a new person in your mighty name, Lord. And just all that newness is going to turn up in her life, Lord. We just ask for those total blessings and that your word be upon her lips and just upon her heart all day long. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. And also, thank you, Father, because we've been watching her journey every week and it's just been an awesome adventure with her and I'm so grateful Lord that she's come to this decision and and now she's yours totally Natalie so I'm just so grateful we love you Em we really do thank you Papa God Amen, Amen. Thank you, 
I don't know Andrew is. Andrew.